Welcome to the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the future of farming, food, and nutrition. Kayla Price is Poultry Technical Manager for Alltech Canada. In addition to sales and technical support, Dr. Price engages in research and is an avid follower of the constant changes taking place in the poultry industry. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. So first question out of the gate, why is gut and intestinal health in birds so important? I, Whenever I think of the bird, I always think of it as a gut with lots of stuff attached to it. So when you think of the bird, in order for it to do anything that you want it to do in terms of performance, you have to have the gut working so you can get all of those um, feed ingredients, the nutrition that you're putting into the bird to be able to be absorbed so it translates into either kilos or pounds of meat if you're talking about meat birds, whether it's broilers, whether it's turkeys, or on the egg side, it needs to translate into egg production, or the broiler side, it needs to translate into egg production and ultimately hatchability at the end of the day. So, I mean, I really, I guess the the big question for me is why isn't it important? It's ex- It's extremely important when you're talking about birds. So what issues do antibiotics pose to the gut and intestinal health of birds? Oh, that's a loaded question. Um, with antibiotics, it's it's not necessarily that they pose issues. When we're talking about antibiotics, they're an incredible invention, an incredible innovation when we're talking about treatment and helping those birds. Because when they're very sick, they really need to be treated um, to become healthy. But at the same time, when we're using them at these preventative, low-level preventative levels, um, then what's happening there is they do the same thing as when they're at the very high treatment levels as the preventative is they're still looking to kill bacteria. And where the problem comes in or where that conversation or debate is coming in is that they're killing bacteria and they're killing any bacteria. So antibiotics don't decide whether a bacteria is good or bad. They just kill it because that's their job. But what starts to become a problem and starts becoming up more and more is when as they're killing these bacteria, some of these bacteria are resistant. Some of them are naturally resistant, so they'll have those resistant genes no matter what. And some of them because become resistant because they learn, so to speak, they learn to become resistant. So the antibiotics are going in there, they're trying to kill these bacteria, they're killing the bacteria that can be killed, but leaving the bacteria that are resistant. And it's those resistant bacteria that really are the problem. And those are the problem that are potentially translating down the road along the food chain. And those are the ones that people are getting more and more, more and more concerned about. Um, and so when we talk about sort of the, the problem with the antibiotics, it's not necessarily a problem so much as we want to be able to prevent that resistance going up and down the line, because we still want to have something that can be used when we're talking about a multiple resistant drug that's showing up in hospitals. So um, it's, it's a complicated issue. There's lots of sides of the debate, but it's an issue that needs to be talked about. So based upon the fact that it is, it sounds like it isn't the antibiotic itself, it's the application, the use or mm-hmm. overuse, or uh, the fact that it does leave antibiotic resistant bacteria behind. Yes. So given that, what is the future of antibiotic use in the poultry industry? I think with the future of antibiotic use in the poultry industry, I think it's that it's not you sort of have some of um, these folks coming in. It's only going to be raised without antibiotics production. 
But at the end of the day, I think there's still room for our conventional production. Again, we're not looking to completely get rid of it. The importance is choice in the marketplace. So choice to be able to get something that is raised without antibiotics, if that is what you choose to purchase, and if that is what the retailer chooses to sell. But on the other side, there's also choice to be able to have good quality, antibiotic residue-free, conventional meat or conventional eggs um, that are still very good for you um, and affordable and being able to have the choice to decide between one or the other. Um, You'll see in the marketplace there's some that are driving more towards raised without antibiotics, but there's also some in the marketplace um, that are more on the conventional side. So understanding where it fits uh, for where, where antibiotics fit within the system. Again, we still need to be able to treat our birds if they need to be treated, but we also need to be able to have that choice in the marketplace. What are the key questions and items that should be considered before pursuing an antibiotic-free program? So on the producer level, well, I guess, you know, granted, I'm Canadian, so I talk about it from the producer level, but if we're talking about it in a more integrated system, it would be more on the grant integrator level. And I think one of the one of the first things to start thinking about is your plan moving forward into it and the need to have a plan. So to understand, um, I was actually just at a talk recently. So to understand what it is, first off, understanding what you can do when things go wrong, because inevitably, as much as we're trying to do everything perfectly and well, there's still something that will go wrong. So you need to have a stream for those birds that ultimately need to be treated to make sure that they're still going into, and, and they're just as good meat as the other ones, but this they're still going into a line um, that they'll be able to become good meat for whomever. Just as much as having a line for those birds that are raised without antibiotics and making sure they're going into good meat for whomever. And then to understand within the raised without antibiotics or never ever three production, which is the US way of saying it, um, for those birds to understand what it is that you need or to ask yourself what it is that you need within your program, your integration to build it. So for example, um, going back to... Uh, I always think of it as this holistic approach. So moving from the breeder and being able to work with the breeder system, the broiler breeder system, um, if we're talking about uh, broiler chickens, moving into the hatching system, and then ultimately moving down to those market birds. So thinking about that whole system um, along and then whether sort of depending on where you fall in the system, I always say when you're moving to race without antibiotics, thinking of the details, going back to the basics of actual poultry production, and then rethinking of the details and really being able to focus on those, whether you're talking about management in the barn, feed going into the birds, or even water in the barn as well. And really just thinking about the details of all of those, biosecurity is another one, and, and so on. I really could list everything for a very long time. (laughs) What are mycotoxins and how much of an issue are they for birds? So mycotoxins, um, they're a toxin that comes from fungi. Uh, So that would come from, as the grain is grown, uh, something potentially happens and then it starts growing. And then ultimately as the fungi starts growing, they release these mycotoxins. Um, And then as we're grinding it down to put it into the feed, then it's the mycotoxins that gets into the feed, whether it's 
it can range from nothing to low levels to medium levels to high levels and to even higher levels, and then ultimately gets into the birds at the end of the day. Um, when we're talking about poultry production, I think one of the biggest uh, misrepresentation is the potential impact that mycotoxins can have on poultry. Um, especially when we talk about these short-lived poultry, which would be things like broiler broiler chickens, um, and even to an extent with turkeys. Uh, the idea that mycotoxins do not really have an impact, but um, they're more so the low-level underlying impact that they can have. They're a gut irritator. So if you have something at a very low level irritating the gut, uh, maybe you as the producer or as the technical manager may not be seeing it necessarily, but the bird certainly is, um, and may be reacting to it in different ways. Um, and a similar thing could be said for those longer-lived birds, whether we're talking layers, broiler breeders, and so on, um, because they're just potentially exposed to it for much longer. So what are the effects on the broilers and turkeys specifically? I mean, there are side effects, I know, mm-hmm. from from mycotoxins. What are those side effects? Long range of things that could potentially be side effects. So when people start thinking of mycotoxins, there's a couple things they'll go to first. Um, they'll think of more of the high-end uh, side effects. And that would be things like you're looking at the birds and you see these huge lesions on the mouth, uh, the side of the mouth, on the tongue, inside of the mouth. Um, some, depending, could show up as they run into scabs on the combs, on the wattles, um, or could show up as uh, lesions or erosions or ulcers along the intestinal tract. And that's, or another thing too could be very light livers, light, light colored livers. That's normally what people go to when they think about mycotoxins and mycotoxin problems. But The other side of it, and and maybe what people less so consider, and hopefully what I'll be able to get across in my talk, is sort of that low-level irritation. And it's that low-level irritation that we may not necessarily be able to see, but it could potentially show up as maybe you're not getting the weights that you want to get in your broilers and turkeys, or maybe this low-level gut irritation is enough to start causing a good environment for something else to start taking over. So you see it as another disease or another problem happening in the bird without necessarily thinking about it as the mycotoxin issue. So it it really can be a whole range of things that you would notice in the, that you see or not see in the bird. So it sounds uh, very similar to human beings where you'll see symptoms, but the root cause in this instance, what you're referring mm-hmm. to, the mycotoxins actually could be the root cause that are causing some of these downstream symptoms. Yeah, very much potentially, yep. What about uh, layers and broiler breeders? What effects does it, the mycotoxins have on, on them? It's funny. Uh, many people don't want to think that layers, broiler breeders, broilers, turkeys are similar. And uh, I mean, it would be a very big generalization to say that they are, but there is certain things within the gut that they could potentially be. So the look of mycotoxins in layers and broiler breeders could be very similar in the sense that you could get the mouth lesions on the bird if you're talking about high levels, um, lesions, erosions, ulcers all the way down the gut and so on that way, impacting the liver. And again, on the low-level side, um, potentially seeing it as 
that, again, that gut irritator. So now instead of these birds can't translate uh, nutrients into eggs. So your peak production potentially could come down. Um, your your eggshell quality perhaps could also go as well with those with layers and with broiler breeders. Um, they're vaccinated quite a bit. So perhaps now their immune system is suppressed or decreased. So they're not being able to respond to the vaccine as they should. In broiler breeders, you have that added thing that maybe it's now actually impacting the chicks or the, or their, their babies essentially and how their babies are doing. So you kind of get into a range of things as well for the impacts on them. And again, uh, with with those sort of low-level toxin challenge, those are some of the things that you may not necessarily think about and could also potentially lead into other problems like other diseases or something else coming in because of that uh, immune system being lowered. So based on the fact that we know that mycotoxins cause issues uh, downstream, uh, some of them obvious and some of them more subtle, What can farmers do to take a holistic approach uh, with a multi-layered program to control the risks of mycotoxins? It's important to have in the feed on a prevention level, whether you're talking about low level, uh, moderate, or even high challenges, uh, something like uh, mycotoxin adsorbent to use in the feed. And you specifically, or the type of mycotoxin adsorbent that you want, is something that is an inner, inner yeast cell wall, which has very strong static bonds, as well as a very high surface area. And both of these together um, allows for a relatively low level of product or technology to be used, but can bind a can bind a very large amount of mycotoxin and essentially get rid of it in the feed or certainly greatly reduce it. So using something like this mycotoxin adsorbent, whether you're using it on a prevention level or perhaps a bit of a stronger prevention level is something that's very important to use within the feed um, with these birds running into, again, these low, medium or high level challenges. So that's all part of what you're calling a multi-layered program. Absolutely. In my presentation, I'm talking specifically about mycotoxins, but we can't forget that that is only just a small snippet of the picture when we're talking about poultry production in general. So when I say multi-layered, it's not just taking into that potential mycotoxin challenge, whether it's low, medium, high, but also taking into consideration all of those other components talking about management, talking about biosecurity, feed, water, so on. So you have to sort of take all of these into consideration to make sure that you have the best production that you can have and the most successful production. So you've talked about uh, from mycotoxin management, uh, going all the way back to the source, making sure that you have high quality ingredients, Mm -hmm. uh, high quality feed. Um, It sounds like also though, how you handle the feed mm-hmm. is also vitally important. Absolutely. Can you address that a little bit? Yeah. So with it, uh, for example, let's say you have feed coming in and there's a very low level challenge. And if we're talking feed that's being made at a feed company, um, they're very highly controlled. So you'd be looking at low level challenges. So the thing is, is these toxins, they can still uh, be produced. So if, if, 
you're having it in a feed bin, for example, setting it up in a feed bin, um, and there happens to be a hot spot. So let's call it a hot, humid spot in the feed bin uh, for whatever reason. Then all of a sudden, that little challenge could potentially become a very high challenge. So understanding how that feed is handled, not just at the at the feed mill level, whether it's from a company, whether it's feed mill on farm, but also being handled throughout the barn itself. Um, and all of those components really come into play as to the how well those birds can potentially do for any kind of feather. What consumer demands have influenced uh, or made significant changes in the industry? With the consumer demands, I think it's partly driven of, of certain consumers wanting to know more about production and wanting to understand more about production. Maybe not necessarily at the actual farm level, but just about the production as a whole. Um, and with these buzzwords coming in, uh, there's more and more that they're wanting to know about, more and more companies moving in this direction. So we have in Canada, for example, A&W as a part of their retail strategy, moving forward with this raised without antibiotics production. You have it on the other side in the U.S. with Chick-fil-A. Um, and with, with, these, with these groups, they were moved to go into that direction. And then as they're promoting it, it's bringing up more and more questions and more and more people wanting to know more about certain aspects of their food. Um, and that can be a debate one way or the other, but it's certainly something that's happening and that we have to address regardless and regardless of what side it is that you're on. Last question. What's the favorite part of your job? Oh, that's a really hard question to ask. <laughs> it's a hard question to answer. Um, gosh, I think, you know what? I think the favorite part of my job is being able to being able to work with the producers at the producer level. Um, first off, being able to understand just how proud they are of doing what they do and being able just to learn a little bit of that is just extremely exciting. And then because of that, within Canada, and I get to travel across Canada from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast, I get to see what's happening at a farm that's on the East Coast in the Maritimes. And, you know, they could have certain issues or successes happening and it could be similar or different from someone all the way out to Alberta, to BC, or even my hometown in Ontario um, for things going on. And they may not necessarily be able to converse or chat with each other. So I kind of get to be this middle person going, oh, I saw that somewhere else. Maybe you should try this or, oh, this person or, or I've seen this problem somewhere else. You know, they've, they've tried that or they've done this. And just being able to be that conversation starter um, that's also just just an incredibly wonderful thing. And uh, you get so much out of it. And I think the farmers get so much out of it. And just being able to help them improve and be successful. And at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's yes, it's it's something that we want to be good at. Um, and, and we want to be successful at. Kayla Price is Poultry Technical Manager for All Tech Canada. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. To hear other conversations with many of the featured speakers at one, the Alltech Ideas Conference, visit ideas.alltech.com. Access is free after signing up. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. For show notes and more episodes, visit alltech.com forward slash agfuture.